I'm Hannah. I'm Sheena. And I'm Lori. And this is Cemetery Row. Woo-hoo. Woo! <laughs> that was a weird one. What was that? I don't know. I liked I it. It, yeah. it, fit, it fits my vibe today. I'm a little not so yeah. hooey, but more no, like little... burn the world downy just for fun. Yeah, just but have some s'mores while I do it. Like absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I got s'mores ice cream from the Myers the other day, and it was lovely. They also had the orange push pops. I was so happy. You know, mm. um, oh, there's that weird named ice cream. They're from somewhere up north, I think. And they sell their ice cream nationally in Walmart, of all places. And they have like a s'mores flavor. And it is so good. Um, I can't think of now what it's called, but they do what they call French ice cream. I have no idea what that means. Oh, but they do the weird flavors. Like, I got Graders? the hot. Nuh-uh. This is Not like Graders? Van something or another. Van Lewin. Or yeah, Van, Van Lewin. Yeah, yeah that's it. I got their hot honey a couple of weeks ago, which was... Ooh unbelievably amazing. Yeah, because they sell it in like the Marianos and stuff up here. So yeah. I haven't tried it yet, but I definitely it's want It's so to. good. I mean, it's pricey, but it's worth it because it's good. I mean, like I said, I got, I got two pints of the hot honey. I was like, this is amazing. And then oh they God. have like a cornbread flavor. They have okay. a great coupon flavor. And some of that I'm like, none of things. That's bananas. But, yeah, they have yeah. just the straight up flavors here, but it's like, um, like blueberry pie or something. Maybe yeah. Yeah. Good. You guys are going to have to come up so I can take you to Jenny's. I know we need to, we need to plan a trip. Well, I got a notification this week on Facebook that the salted Oreo flavor is back at area 51 ice cream <gasps> in oh, Hernando. It, I saw yes. that. Area 51 was so good. We and, had the last yeah. time I went, they had that um, cantaloupe sorbet. Oh, it was oh, it's so, so good. good. Yes. Their big fancy flavor is what is it? Blueberry goat's cheese? Ooh, yes. Blackberry so goat good. cheese. Black cheese. That's what it is. Yeah, it's so good. You wouldn't think it would go together, but it is but it so does. good. But it's their so Oreo good. is so I'm gonna have to make a trip out there with the kids. I usually take yeah. them to get ice cream after school on Friday. So we yeah. we may be going out to Hernando instead yeah. of our regular Baskin Robbins run because <laughs> You know, hashtag okay. shop local. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yes. And Area 51 ice cream in Hernando is amazing. I'm actually really on is. Van Leeuwen's website. They have churros and fudge. Ooh. Okay. The churro shake at Sonic is legit. Okay. I want to try that. That and the fried pickle I, burger. I'm, I probably shouldn't have had it. You know, me and that's what I'm going to do. But, you know, it was delicious. Look, they come in all different sizes. They come in all different sizes. I get a mini whenever I go. I get the mini blizzard at Dairy Queen. Yeah, a (gasps) mini chocolate brownie extreme blizzard is just enough. Pumpkin cinnamon roll. Sweet. Pumpkin cinnamon roll. That's it's good. about to be pumpkin season. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, they also have honeycomb ice cream. Well, fuck me up. Okay. All right. See, okay. They're <laughs> hot honey. The hot honey had honeycomb in it. Anyway, yes. Okay. okay. Let's okay. get We're back sorry. on track, y'all. Back to what, supposedly, y'all tuned in to hear about cemeteries. Um, <laughs> We're very hungry. <laughs> apparently, we are. Um. I have a couple of just fun things to talk about. Some not so fun things, but some fun things. Um, 
I told this to the girls last week and I thought this was funny. I thought it would share it with y'all. Um, but it leads into some more news. Um, last Friday, I was cleaning tombstones at Elmwood Cemetery in Memphis and I just put my headphones in. And I hadn't pressed play on anything. I, I couldn't figure out, did I want to listen to my book? Did I want to listen to a podcast? Like, what was I going to listen to? But as soon as I put my headphones in, I heard these bells ringing. Well, it, this is why this is in our theme song. Um, when bells ring at Elmwood and at a lot of cemeteries, that means a funeral procession is coming through. So usually when I hear the bells ringing, um, even though I may not be anywhere near where the funeral procession is, I usually stop and just kind of pay my respects, say a little prayer, whatever. And I was like, oh gosh, here comes the funeral. I oh, know. But then I took my headphones out and the bell stopped. And I'm like, wait, what? Our podcast <laughs> just started playing by itself. <laughs> the podcast app was not open. Nothing. I don't know how it did it, but it did. And so I was just like, okay, that's weird. I'm being haunted by my own podcast. I love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then speaking of, then I was talking to our uh, podcast theme creator, Revenge Body, who made our wonderful podcast theme. And I had asked him to put the bells in there specifically because I hear them all the time in Elmwood. And um, we were talking about uh, new music he's working on. So if y'all like our theme, you will like what he does otherwise. He just had a song released on a compilation that came out last month. His song is Red After Image. It is on a compilation called This Machine Confuses Fascists Volume Ooh, 2. I like that. Um, and I think the proceeds from that um, compilation go to help the folks in Ukraine. Um, but if you enjoy his music, um, go buy his music at Bandcamp because he is donating all of his pop profits from Bandcamp to Choices. And Choices is a reproductive health center here in Memphis. So um, he's fighting the good fight, yes. like all good folks. Yay. So, yay. Yeah. Go check that out. Um, some sad news I wanted to touch on, too. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned that an Ole Miss student was missing. And we've posted about him on our social channels. But in case you've missed it, um, we do have a sad update. Um, the Oxford Police Department has arrested someone for his murder. Uh, Jay Lee, who's the student who was murdered, his body still has not been found. Um, but it's it. <laughs> It's just not a very good update. It's not what we wanted to hear, obviously. Yeah. Um, they've already had a preliminary hearing and talked about some of the evidence they have against the suspect. But I don't want to go into that too much because it's really sad and I don't want to give him any, you know, publicity. Um, but I've been really proud. The Memphis LGBTQ community has really shown up for the folks in Oxford. I've got a lot of friends in Memphis who sort of like... Um, developed a caravan of people and they all went down there to support uh, Jay's family and friends um, when they did have those hearings with for the suspect. And then a week ago, I think uh, the LGBTQ crowd in Memphis had a huge drag show in honor of Jay. It was also close to Jay's birthday. I think it may have been on Jay's birthday. Um, it was Beyonce and Ariana Grande themed. And so it was called Jayonce which I love. And yes. um, our beloved friend of the podcast, Spencer, who goes by Amnesia Devereaux when he's in drag, <laughs> um, he performed two Beyonce songs and he DJed and emceed and did a great job. I know it was very emotional for him because he's he's been really upset about his friend. 
So anyway, we just wanted to share that update. Um, so just if you have some thoughts and prayers you want to send to Jay's family, please do. Um, I know they'd like some closure in this case for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I owe you a Coke. (laughs) Um, And then to wrap up all of my news, I guess, um, I mentioned this in the last episode, but the Soul of the City tour at Elmwood Cemetery is coming up in October. It's their annual costume event. Uh, This year's theme is music. So when you go, you will learn all about music. Made in Memphis, made by Memphians, all that good stuff. Um, I'm one of the actors this year, and I'm so excited about that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, And I filmed my segment for the movie version of the tour, and that will air. I mean, air. We're going to show it at the cemetery at the end of October with Hocus Pocus. And then it will also be online. So if you want to watch it online, you can do that too. Um, but if you want to, if you're in Memphis and you're going to be in town, please come by and enjoy the tour. It's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I have a true crime tour at the end of October. I think it's the Sunday before Halloween at like 2 p.m. Um, I will likely give away goodie bags. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, um, and now she has to. Now, right. to, now it's yeah. a commitment. Yeah, it really is. So, um, so if you want to come get um some Halloween candy and goodies and hear some true crime stories from Memphis, um, you can take my true crimes of bygone times tour at Elmwood Cemetery. And all the details on both of those events are at elmwoodcemetery.org. Yay. Woo-hoo. <sighs> okay. We ready um, to get into it? We're yes. ready to get into it. I know last week we just said we were going to do Happy Times grab, grab Bag Part 2. And then we started talking <laughs> and realized we're all kind of covering cemeteries we love. Cemeteries so make us happy. Yeah, it's it's sort of this accidental thing where we were all on the same page and we're all going to talk about a cemetery we really love. And Luhu is yes. going to kick it off. And y'all, I've got an even extra surprise for you. I'm going to be butchering some Romanian names this week. (laughs) I did my very best to write this out phonetically and go and, you know, to howtopronounce.com to make sure I was (laughs) writing it out correctly, but I'm sure I still am going to mess up. So apologies in advance to our Romanian listeners or our listeners who are of Romanian descent. All right, so let's get into it. Sapanza, Romania is a small village located 360 miles northwest of the country's capital of Bucharest. Um, It's also very close to the Ukrainian border. Um, So hopefully it's still there. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, It's become one of the country's top tourist attractions thanks to the work of one man, Stan Ewan Patra. So good old Stan Patra was born in Sapanza in 1908. And by the age of 14, he was already carving Orthodox crosses for the local cemetery. He was said to be very observant of the people in town. And in 1935, he began adding a more personal and humorous touch to his work with little poems or epitaphs, telling a story about the person's life, or in some cases, the circumstances around their death. Okay, here for it. Yes. Awesome. 
So he created his own shade of blue paint, which he called Sapanza Blue, to use as a base for all the crosses, which were sculpted from oak that was native to the area. The blue was meant to represent hope, freedom in the sky, while bright yellow represented fertility, red (laughs) represented passion, and black represented death. Why you gotta have yellow on a well, you got to be fertile in death. It's it just adds another element. They're beautiful, so I know. Are I'm the ghosts boning? <laughs> maybe so. Well, I think maybe it, maybe it means like life after death, or okay, you know that life continues on. Sort of that um whole idea of um you know say an an older person in the family dies, but then you have a younger baby born. It's the circle. That's of what life. we'll go with. Yes, pretend I'm <laughs> yes, on with that one. Yes. <laughs> Um, So some of the carvings feature other symbols, such as white doves for the soul and blackbirds to represent a tragic or suspicious death that that blended perfectly with the dark humor in his poems, which were written in a local dialect spoken by many in the area surrounding Sapanza. Patrick carved more than 700 of the memorials featured in what is now known as Mary's Cemetery. And that's M-E-R-R-Y <laughs> before his death in 1977. But he made sure his legacy would live on by leaving his home and workshop to his very best student. Oh, gosh. Dimitru <laughs> Pop. And since Patra's death, Pop has added at least 300 more beautifully illustrated monuments to the popular cemetery all of which are hand-carved with a chisel, hammer, and planer. He does not use any uh, gas-powered anything that's not original to how they were made uh, by Patra. Um, He just doesn't think it would be the same. Yeah. After he was asked what the inspiration behind the colorful memorials was, he said, quote, a lot of journalists asked Stan Patra the same thing. You know what his answer was? He shrugged and told them it was what he felt like doing. End quote. <laughs> okay. Love it. Okay. I Googled. These are incredible. Are they? Questions. So I have questions. Like, Go ahead. But I just like, saw one and I'm, my mouth dropped open. I'm like, what? It's <laughs> like, so what? It's folk art, and I'm obsessed yes, with folk I art. And I'm love like folk art. I want, I like, I want to email this dude and say, "Hey, how much to just make me something? It doesn't have to be a, a right, moment, just but I a want statuary. I, I just want something like this. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So the cemetery yeah. is not without controversy. In 2008, Pop registered the distinctive cross in Sapanza Blue, coloring with the state office for inventions and trademarks, stating that anyone who tried to duplicate the crosses must first get his permission. Mm-hmm. So there are coarser other artisans in the area that studied uh, this method, and they were pissed off and countersued. They won, and so any artist can make their own version of the of Patra's work without permission from his protege. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there are more than thirteen hundred crosses in the cemetery. Half, more than half, are carved by Patra, and the rest by his students. And in some cases, uh, you can't if if the artist has not signed the work. It takes like an expert to be able to tell who mm-hmm. did what. Oh wow. 
Okay, there's one of somebody getting hit by a car. Thank you. That's the one that I had my mouth. That, like, I was like, I did not. What? I did not do that one because it's a little girl. I know, but it's, it's a baby. Like, that's I know because her dates are 95 to 98. I know, but like, that does not like look like a toddler. Grown ass woman in the car. V. It's like, yeah, that one happening? I was because I'm sharing the translations. Yes, it's, it's beautiful, but it's very yeah. sad. And you know, you know me and babies. I can't. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, and then yeah, another yeah. one's got a Hitler stash. It's oh, I didn't see that one. I've seen yeah. some guy on a tractor, and that's oh, a somebody got a tractor. Somebody got his head cut off. What? I'll get to that one. Okay, 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 sorry, okay that sorry. sorry. This is don't, so don't cool, get man. ahead of yourselves. <laughs> Uh, okay. Where was I? So while pop was really working off of good intentions and wanting to maintain the tradition of the crosses, money probably also plays a huge role in this matter. Um, this town has about 3000 people. There's not a mm-hmm. lot of ways to make money. Um, and a cross costs between, uh, 520 and 1300 American dollars. So that's a good way to make money in this, this yeah. town. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, Pop has been battling with the local priest, Father Gregor Lutai, um, who has taken control over the fees people pay to visit the cemetery for his local parish. So they're charging a fee yeah, to go to the cemetery? Yeah, there's admission. It's like it, it works out to be like 84 cents uh, see? for adults. I, I get that and I don't either. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you have probably keeps an out the vandals, the vandals, the vandals. It probably keeps out know. like people with bad intentions, but, and probably does it's, help pay for the maintenance. But well, let me get to that. Okay. Sorry, that's sorry, 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 sorry. No, because okay. the church in that part of the world is, well, yeah. So according to an article written by Mircha Barbu featured in Vice in 2020, the father claims the money raised from entrance fees to the cemetery go toward maintenance. But at the time of the interview, the fence and gates were in ill repair. I mean, he was it was very noticeably that that yeah. money is not going to weren't doing too much maintenance. Right. And a few days following his visit, he received a call from the priest, which and the priest was like, hey, I've got a I've got some brandy I want to give you. <laughs> and uh Something a little more tantalizing. He said, quote, a girl for you. (gasps) Jesus Christ. I am scandalized. 27 years old. She was watching you at the funeral. I'll introduce her to you. Just write nicely about us and you'll have a lot to gain. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm telling you, Eastern Europe is. It's wild. It's a wild, wild place. Let's be yeah. real. That kind of crap happens here in America, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so in that same article, Pop, you know, so the protege of our originator, expressed his disgust with the priest. Quote, if it weren't for the crosses of Stan, Iwan, Patra, or mine, would tourists come see the cemetery in Sapanza? Of course they wouldn't. It would just be another cemetery. End quote. And he's right. I mean, he's not wrong. True. No. And, and and you know, this this priest is up to something. He's popped in the pimp. money. Right. <laughs> he's a pimp already. Well, because they charge for admission. So there's an adult charge, a child charge. And then if you want to take pictures or record video footage, there are additional charges for that. Oh, yeah. This is a whole ass racket. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what if you have a loved one buried there? I guess you do have to I, pay to yeah, go see them. I don't know. I don't know how yeah. that works, but they, I, I read in one of the articles that there's like 10,000 visitors a year. So hmm. lots of money coming in. Right. Um, I couldn't find any recent information about this litigation with the priest. I mean, 2020, there was a whole pandemic. There's a war just a couple of miles away. <laughs> yeah. So I'm Gosh, sure yeah. that that part of the country is a little tense right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're a little preoccupied. So to end on a more positive note, I'm going to share a few of the stories behind some of the monuments you will find inside the gates of Mary Cemetery. Um, and I'm going to give credit to Peter Kayafas, who um, is, uh, I guess, a photographer and the author of a book, The Mary Cemetery of Sapanza. Um, his website included the translations for some of these headstones. Um, so definitely check that out if you want to see more. Um, so I'm going to start with the man itself. Uh, before his death, Stan Ewan Patra carved his own cross for his grave in the cemetery. He fe- features an illustration of himself with a rather imposing scowl. Like he looks really pissed off in his uh, carving. <laughs> I love and, it. And the following poem. Since I was a little boy, I was known as Stan Ewan Patra. Listen to me, good people. There are no lies in what I'm going to say. All along my life, I meant no harm to anyone, but did good as much as I could to anyone who asked. Oh, my poor world, because it was hard living in it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So that was that was his little note. So this one, which is my favorite, is the, the beheaded guy. <laughs> yeah, that's, what's going that's on wild. there? <laughs> uh, it depicts the murder and beheading of a local man by a Hungarian gentleman. His epitaph reads, 1941, I lived 58 years. Woe is me, for ill is my rest. Solik Ion is my name. In the Belmezu garden, I looked after my sheep. Bad Hungarian came and shot me in the head. Cut off my head from my body and buried me like that. May he be (laughs) damned forever. Wow. Damn. That goes hard. I love it. There are so many good ones. So many good ones. Like even the one with the little girl that got hit by the car, the the yeah. poem curses the person who was drunk. Like it, it's, there's so kind of, you know, there's a dark humor to a lot of it. Yeah. And that they, they, you know, uh, pop said that um, nobody seems to have a problem with it. And they lay out some pretty, pretty sensitive topics like this next europeans have a funny sense of humor right they're like yeah um another one details the downfall of a chronic alcoholic oh dear it features the man yeah so it features him with a cigarette in his mouth and a bottle of liquor in his hand and there's a black figure rising up from below which is most likely death coming to take him his cross reads Plum brandy is pure venom, brings only tears and pain. Did that to me too. And death put its foot on me. He who likes plum brandy well will fare like me. For much I loved my brandy and with bottle in hand, I died. Here lies Domitru Holdis. He lived 45 years, died a forced death in 1958. Oh, jeez. 
And I want to say this next one, which I also like a lot. Um, it, I, I was going through so many websites looking at these things. And I know I, at one point I found who this kid was, but on the find a grave, it has him listed as unidentified. He, his name is not on his headstone. Mm-hmm. It's a recent death. So I'm sure, you know, I know I could yeah. go back and figure out who it was, but it just, he died very, I want to say it was an interesting death. I know that's terrible to say, but, uh, let, let me just read you his little poem. Okay. I liked to do everything, but chose the road to death. The road to the West. May it burn in fire. In the Paris underground, I played with sick passion with my rollerblades mm-hmm. and death and death cut short my life. Dear sister and parents and beloved grandparents, you will be sad and grieve me forever for I left this world very young age at 16 and then D two thousand one. So he died. Oh wow! Jeez. And so rollerblades. On? Yes, he was in Paris, and I guess got hit by a subway. Oh, oh wow! Awful. Bless oh, his heart. There were a couple of people that were hit by trains. You know, that the, we had the the people hit by cars, but then there were people. There was a mother of eight who loved to cook, and her carving is oh. of her cooking. There's the guy on his tractor. Um, there are several guys in tractors. Yeah, you know, the, the, it's not always so yeah. doom and gloom. Uh, there, there's some that they talk about that person's life. So, if you ever find yourself in Romania, you can visit the cemetery in Sapanza. It's open daily from 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. Uh, admission for adults, as I said, is four lay, which is converted to about 84 cents in American dollars. Um, and again, if you want to take pictures or record video, you have to pay an additional fee of four and 10 lay, respectively. But um, definitely check out some of the blogs I link in our show notes. Uh, they're very interesting to see some of the other headstones. And I've included pictures of all of the headstones I talked about. Um, because like I said, the uh, the guy that was beheaded... His dad was pretty fantastic. Yeah, Yeah. that was like there's just blood and gore coming out of his head. Yep, it's 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 pretty interesting. Yeah, Um, yeah. No, no word on the uh, what looks like a topless angel. (laughs) I I did not see that one. I'll have to get this guy's book (laughs) because I couldn't find. Like I found like there were some excerpts of it, and I was able to see some of the excerpts, but I couldn't see them all and. You know, there are pages where you can go and look at pictures, but it's not translated. So yeah. if you don't speak this dialect of Romanian, you have no idea what right. yeah. they What's say. Happening. And I mean, you can gather some stuff from the photo, right, from the photo from yeah. or, or from clues. the from the actual cross. But yeah, it's it's still like, I mean, this looks like this one woman's cussing out this other woman. Is that what she's doing? I don't know. I can't read that Knows. dialect. One of the girls. So. Uh, so there was a girl that went to visit that wrote a blog um, that I link in the notes. And she talked about how, you know, there's a sign at the beginning that's gives you some context in English, but it's probably for the best that you bring along a translator, someone who speaks that dialect, because you're not going to know 
what anything says if you don't have someone that speaks the language. But no, that makes it sense. does it does appear to be a pretty pretty easy to get to by taxi from um Bucharest. And uh and yeah, they have about ten thousand visitors a year. So yeah. I want one so bad. They're like so pretty. This guy, you know, if he needs money, man, uh Dimitri Pop we can be buddies. I will pay you money to, um, <laughs> to make me one of these things just to hang up in my home office or just, you know, just to yeah. look at. Cause it's the, it's just, when you think folk art, this is what folk art. Oh, absolutely. Is. And it's just, they're all, and just, it, like I said, there's 1300, uh, uh, crosses in the cemetery. So it's just a sea of this Sapansa blue. When you look at pictures of just, from a distance and it's just it's gorgeous yeah it's a really beautiful shade of blue mm -hmm, very interesting it kind of reminds me there's um one of my favorite authors is christopher moore he writes like comedy Mm -hmm. books he has one called sacre blue that's about art and so it it, as i was uh researching this about the sapanza blue i'm like oh that's like that book so (laughs) very cute anyway That's that's it so that is awesome. Good Thank job, you. Yay. Yes. Yay. All right. So I'm going to talk about the next cemetery. Um, before I get started, um, I have a major thank you to dish out. Um, I called on someone who is, in my opinion, the all-knowing one when it comes to Savannah, Georgia and its hauntings. And that is Anika Edenfield. Uh, she is a tour guide in Savannah and a content creator. Um, I really think she's probably the most knowledgeable about Savannah's history and its ghosts. Uh, she has a TikTok called Salt Waves and Salt Waves Spanish Moss, all one word. Um, and she has her own tour company. So if you are in Savannah, you can take one of her tours. Uh, you can learn more about those at anikaeddingfield.com. Uh, no, Anika Edding. Edenfield Tours.com. That's E-N-O-C-H-A-E-D-E-N-F-I-E-L-D Tours.com. <laughs> I gotta see if that's if she's the one my coworker tried to pick a fight with. Oh, probably not. I think she does um mostly like private tours, like one on one type of things. Um, who your guy went on, I think probably did one of the big yeah, I think it was a group tour. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of those big, big walking ones or one of the ones on trolleys. I've done just about every single ghost tour in Savannah. I've not done one of Anika's yet because I haven't been there yet. Or I mean, I haven't been there since she started her tour, but I'm definitely gonna take one when I go there. Um, she also has a great YouTube channel where she talks about cemeteries and hauntings and all that. So either way, either way, either way. Um I had a lot of questions about the cemetery. I asked her for some advice on where to find actual facts about it because most of everything you find online is BS. <laughs> and she pointed me in the right direction. So thank you so much, Enoch. I really appreciate that. Anyway, picture it. July 13th, 1831 in Savannah, Georgia. As legend has it, a man named Audrey Miller was killed in a duel on this day in Savannah. Uh, He was buried at the city cemetery, now known as Colonial Park Cemetery. His friends purchased a ledger or like a table stone for him. It's one of those long rectangular stones. It covers the whole grave, lays flat on the ground. Maybe sometimes they'll have a little support. So it does like a little table. Either way, it um, 
sings his praises and it also lists the name of the man who killed him in this duel um well i mean it did 191 years ago it doesn't now uh today his stone reads to the memory of audrey miller a native of scott county kentucky who died from a wound inflicted by blank on the 13th July, 1831, aged 33 years and three months. So that's right. His killer has been scratched out of his stone. <gasps> oh. No one knows if this was done by his murderer or random vandals or what. This uh, is how you get haunted. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this grave and thousands of others can be found at Colonial Park Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia. And his is not the only stone that has been vandalized. And we're going to talk about all of the vandalizations and the hauntings and the craziness of the cemetery. So it's one of my very favorites in Savannah. All right. Excuse me. Okay. If you know and love Savannah, Georgia, then you know that that city is pretty well built on top of its dead. Uh, the city was founded in 1733, and its downtown area, complete with all of its beautiful squares, was home to several burial, gro burial grounds and cemeteries that were eventually moved or built over as the city grew. Colonial Park, located on Abercorn Street, was Savannah's primary cemetery for more than a century, from 1750 to 1853. Maybe I have that backwards. No, I don't. Anyway, sorry. I just noticed my own weird typing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this cemetery, which was not known as Colonial Park when it was founded, but it is now, it is Savannah's oldest intact and still standing municipal cemetery. So, um, <clears throat> as you can imagine, back in colonial times, they built their cemeteries outside the city limits. So, initially, Colonial Park was outside of Savannah's city limits, but then Savannah grew around it. And um, as, you know, people died, it had to be expanded because it kept getting full. And so, it was expanded here, there, and yonder. And then as the city grew around it, they wanted to kind of bring it all back in a little, make it a little smaller. Uh, so they downsized. And some of those bodies who were in sort of the outer part of the cemetery had to be moved back into the cemetery's current boundaries. Um, the cemetery today is about six acres or so, but... And, and so they moved those bodies over, but they didn't move everybody. So there's a good chance that maybe you're walking on a couple of bodies if you're on Abercorn Street or, you know, um, Oglethorpe or anything around there. Um, you know, that's that's kind of typical Savannah. <laughs> um, some colorful tour guides like to tell you that these sidewalk around the cemetery is uneven because of all the dead bodies underneath it <laughs> oh no um, that that might be true but it's probably not um savannah's ground is very very sandy so there's a lot of shifting around so as you can imagine um you know that means the pavement or the bricks that are around really uh shift and then there are trees so you have trees and tree roots and all that good stuff um by the way, when I say Savannah's ground is sandy and that it shifts a lot, that also means that, yes, 
the dead bodies do shift around a little bit in Savannah. <laughs> They're not going far. <laughs> but, you know, these some of these folks have been buried here for over 270 years. So they might be a little couple a foot over here, or foot over there. But they're still there for the most part. <laughs> um, anyway, so Colonial Park has about 557 marked graves, but eight about 8,678 unmarked graves. Oh my God. Okay. It, oh it Lord. is literally overflowing with dead bodies. There is no square inch that there's not a body underneath. So some people may have never had a monument. Some people's monuments may have gotten stolen or vandalized over the years and they were thrown away or something. Um, so when you look at the cemetery as you're walking through, you think, oh, well, there's a body here. There's a body there. And then there's some open space. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no. No open space. Even below the benches and the uh, the sidewalk that or the the walking path that goes through the cemetery, there's bodies underneath. So have fun with that. Oh, um, but my favorite part of the cemetery is the back wall. I say it's the back wall. It's the cemetery's east side. Um, it's a big, huge brick wall that just takes up that entire side of the cemetery. And it is covered in headstones. So over the years, uh, the cemetery, um, probably the city, put um, a lot of the tombstones back there for many reasons. Um, they're kind of attached to the brick wall using like these iron metal whatever things that hold the the monuments to the brick um you know it may be in someone's grave getting vandalized um they wasn't they they weren't sure where to put it back so they should put it back on the wall um but really for a lot of cases the putting those headstones back there saved them from further damage um you know unfortunately Rain can be acidic. And so when you have some of those flat stones, that acidic rain will just wear them away over time. So when you put them, what is this, horizontal um, <laughs> against the brick wall, that keeps them from wearing down so much you can still read them. Um, but also there are some that are back there that they're just so damaged they can't stand up. So they're back there. Um, but it's really cool. It's really cool to see because you just there, there's just a whole brick wall of headstones and they're beautiful. Um, so the thing is, is that uh, these lovely colonizers who came to this land and declared it to be the city of Savannah, they weren't so great at keeping records. So exact records of this cemetery, they're kind of lost to time. That's not true for every grave out there. There are some that are still perfectly marked. But generally speaking, there are a lot of graves out, out there that we don't know who that is or um they might have been buried there, but maybe they never had a marker. And now there's no historic record to say so-and-so was buried here. So they're just lost to time. Damn. Um, it's kind of wild. <laughs> um, along the south side of the cemetery today sits a playground because everyone wants to play right beside a cemetery. Duh. At least I do. But originally, it was a nursery for sweet-smelling flowers and trees and other plants. Because old colonial cemeteries stank <laughs> imagine that <laughs> back in the day they were very very stinky and so they had these uh beautiful smelling trees and plants hoping you know to 
they would waft over the cemetery and make it smell better. Now, there's also a rumor that ghost tour guides like to tell you that that was where the city's uh, original dueling grounds were. And that if you had to duel with someone, you put so many coins in your pocket, enough to cover your burial. You would go out there, shoot. And if you got shot and died, they would literally throw your body over the fence onto the cemetery ground and the grave digger would get your money out of your pocket and he was paid to bury you. Oh my God. Um, but that is not true. <laughs> it's a great story. I've That'd heard be it effective. On. That'd it be would like be. Super efficient. It really would. I've heard that on, I think, probably every ghost tour I've ever taken, <laughs> but that is not true. Um, and, and Colonial Park has um, so many cool different types of headstones. Not only do you have, you know, your typical kind of standing upright stones, you have those table or ledger stones. There are a couple of mausoleum type vaults. Um, so your family would be buried beneath the ground. And then there's this large bed shaped kind of brick mausoleum vault thing built on top. And then the names are listed of everybody there. But those were usually for the, I know we're surprised here, wealthy. Imagine. (laughs) Um, One thing I found very fascinating, because I am a cemetery geek and I love (laughs) studying sociology and death and all that. Y'all are like, God, Sheena, this is so boring. But (laughs) this this lights up my little brain. Um, So timeline wise, Colonial Park was active between kind of the Puritan and Victorian times. So the gravestones reflect those eras and how they viewed death. So the Puritans were scared of death and they thought cemeteries were depressing. And that's why on a lot of those um, old, 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 old cemeteries, you'll see like a skull and crossbones or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, And they symbolize that death is coming quickly. Death comes for everyone. They really like those little epitaphs that, say something like, as you are now, so once was I kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. do you remember death is around the corner and you better act right? Right. You want to go to heaven. Um, But Victorians were much more romantic about death. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm very much more of a Victorian, which doesn't bode well. Either way, um, they created their cemeteries to have kind of a park-like setting so the living could enjoy uh, visiting the cemetery. It was not a scary or depressing place to be. And a lot of their symbology was really pretty. Um, So some of the stones at Colonial Park do have a skull and crossbones. I know there's at least one. But then there are others that you see how the times changed in that hundred years and and it's a little softer. You instead of a skull with the crossbones, you have like a cherub's face with wings. Um, they also have like a lot of weeping willow type of motifs, which represent grief and immortality and all that good stuff. So, um, as I said, the the cemetery closed in 1853, I think, and <laughs> it sat in disrepair for a long time. Uh, the city purchased it in 1895 and they cleaned it up. Um, and, and over the years, it's really turned into more of a park. There are benches, there are light posts. There's a lovely tabby walkway made out of these pretty oyster cell shells, which are so cool. Um, but all of this, they did while disturbing graves because there is no square inch that is empty, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> um, but one of my other favorite things about colonial park is that and again i've heard this on 
every tour I've ever taken in Savannah is that when Savannah was occupied by Union troops during the Civil War, these Union soldiers camped out in the cemetery and they broke into those brick mausoleums and slept in there. They used the headstones for target practice, which is why you have bullet holes through a couple of headstones. And they vandalized the stones. Um, so some people will, it'll say they're over like a thousand years old or something like Thomas Cooper, his monument. Uh, says he died in 1839 at the age of 1,290 years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and what did he eat? What was his right. life? Right. And then Captain Jonathan Cooper died in 1838 at the age of 1,700. Um, so literally a, older than Jesus. <laughs> yeah, basically. One of my favorites, and I posted this, a photo of this monument on our uh, cemetery rope social channel a week or two ago just mostly because i wanted to post a picture of a tombstone um but either way it's for josiah muir and his family and it reads essentially that he was 11 when he died in 1820 his wife mary was 17 <laughs> when she died in 1823 and their son lewis was 12 when he died in 1820 so 11 year old josiah and his 12 year old son <laughs> were and their 17-year-old wife. Yeah. 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 And and they both died in the same year. Um, I think, I mean, clearly someone messed with Josiah and Mary's ages. I don't think they messed with the sons. Yeah. I think Josiah and his wife were 41 and 47 when they passed. <laughs> but also, um, when you look, you know, both Josiah and his son died in uh, 1820, and that was the year of Savannah's really horrific yellow fever epidemic. So, and they both died in October within days of each other. So, I figure they both were probably victims of the yellow fever epidemic. More on that in a second. Um, but there's there's no proof that Union soldiers ever camped out there. So, this big myth is just that it's a myth. Um, Really, they just think vandals just, I mean, the cemetery is 272 years old. There's no telling who went in there and messed with these stones. Um, the cemetery was in bad shape by the time the Civil War happened because a Union soldier did talk about it in some letter he wrote to somebody. But also, the cemetery was a playground for neighborhood kids. Of course it was. So I think... Sweet little Billy Joe and little Mary Grace <laughs> I had a little fun and vandalized. And I think the Southerners like to say that the Union soldiers did it because they hated the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> that's just my thought. Um, sounds about I, right. I did find a very hilarious newspaper account from 1879 of an old woman who told a cop um in savannah she was going to shoot vandals in the cemetery because she had family buried out there and she was tired of the vandals messing with the graves yeah so, fair enough i think so <laughs> speaking of yellow fever there is a historical marker in colonial park dedicated to the victims of that 1820 yellow fever epidemic the stone reads that nearly 700 residents died that year of yellow fever and it's likely that all of them probably are at colonial park um a lot of folks myself included and i think i misspoke in our mass graves episode i can't remember think that that means that it was a mass grave of yellow fever victims but it was not they they were just buried there it was not a mass grave um also some more inventive tour guides will tell you that the exact number 
of yellow fever victims is 666, but they didn't want to put the mark of the beast in a cemetery (laughs) in sacred ground. But I mean, they sucked at record keeping. So it's probably not 666. And, you know, they would have rounded up anyway. They'd have rounded up. Plus, I'm pretty sure the record keeper probably died during the epidemic because everyone else did. So, you know, anyway, um, there are a zillion historical markers in Colonial Park Cemetery because a lot of these people um, were founding fathers and and people who founded uh, the state of Georgia. Um, so I'm going to run through some of the interesting people who are buried there. Um, most of these are white men, but not all of them. Um, but they're interesting, and I thought y'all would find them interesting. And then I will close out with an epitaph. I promise I'm almost done. I know I've taken up too much time. I just really love this cemetery. Yes. That's what it's all about. Heck yeah. So first off, we are going to salute a fellow journalist, James Johnston. He was originally from Scotland, but he was Georgia's first newspaper publisher and printer. He founded the Georgia Gazette. And he was about 70 when he died in 1808. I did see somewhere where they said he thought you should just print the truth and not your opinion. And I'm yeah. like, can, can you come back and please tell every news source <laughs> alive right now? I don't want to hear anyone's opinion. Anyway, that's my own rant for another day. Um, I mentioned that duel earlier. Um, there are other people who died by duels uh there's the duelist's grave in 1815 james wilde and roswell johnson had a duel um on the savannah river on the south carolina side james was 22 and he was killed and his monument does not list roswell as his killer but it does kind of get a little snarky at him uh his monument reads in part he fell in a duel on the 16th of january 1815 by the hand of a man who a short time before would have been friendless but for him and expired instantly in his 22nd year dying as he lived with unshaken courage and an unblemished reputation but i like how they were like yeah roswell you didn't have any friends you loser you killed your only friend you loser but um, <laughs> James is buried there. I don't think Roswell's buried there. Speaking of duels, Button Gwinnett, which is kind of a great name. Yeah. Um, was one of Georgia's signers of the Declaration of Independence. And he was basically a very big deal. He founding father and, and did all this really cool stuff in politics. I hate politics with a deep passion. So I don't care to look up what all he was. But in 1777, at the age of 42, he was killed in a duel by his rival, Lachlan McIntosh. Another great name. Lachlan was wounded in the duel, but he lived until 1806. Now, supposedly, both men are buried at Colonial Park, which I just love because I'm like, hey, let's have two dudes who killed each other. Not really, but (laughs) two dudes who hated each other buried near each other. But no one's really sure where Button is. Button, button, who's got the button, right? Um, <laughs> he there, There's a massive, huge monument to him in Colonial Park, but it was placed in the 1960s. And y'all, it is a very long convoluted story of why they think Button Gwinnett is buried there. But there's another cemetery somewhere else that claims they have him. <laughs> Basically, no one knows. Love right? it. So who knows? Um, Archibald Bullock 
died in 1777 too. He was at the age of 47. Um, he was another big deal. He did a bunch of cool stuff. He was one of the first governors of Georgia or something like that. Don't come haunt me, dude. Um, <laughs> it's rumored he was poisoned. I don't know. I need to look into this guy a little more, but he is the great, great grandfather of Theodore Roosevelt, the great, great, great grandfather of Eleanor Roosevelt and Theodore named his son Archibald after him. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Um, one of my favorite of the big brick vault things is that for the Habersham family, they are one of those families in Savannah that it seems like the name Habersham is everywhere. It's for James Habersham and his sons, James Jr., Joseph and John. If I'm not mistaken, I think James was a loyalist and all of his sons were patriots, which is just kind of cool. I'm like, yeah. Heck yeah shove it to daddy <laughs> um, the habersham family home is now the old pink house a literal pink house um it's a restaurant in savannah and then there's william scarborough who was a sea merchant and he owned the ss savannah the first steamship to cross the atlantic ocean in 1819 um he died in 1838 at the age of 62 and his home in savannah is now the ships of the sea maritime museum I love me some ships. So I was excited. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I have no desire to like take a ship across an ocean or anything. But um, let me tell you what, I, I'm obsessed with them. I don't know why. Either way, anyway, there's a reason I really like our flag means death. I just want to <laughs> pretend I'm on the high seas. I don't know why. Either way, okay. Next, Edward Green Malbone, originally from Rhode Island, he was America's foremost painter of miniature portraits. And at first I was like lame. <laughs> then I looked them up and they're so cool. Um they are really good. Like they're tiny and they're these perfectly articulated portraits. Um I found some of his artwork on the Smithsonian smithsonian american art museum's website um unfortunately he was um just 29 when he succumbed to tuberculosis mm, man and a lady who does not have a historical marker there but she should is Anne gerard her monument reads in part in memory of Anne gerard a sincere christian she died a few days after the birth of her 15th child oh, july 11, 1793 in the oh. 34th the 41st year of her age oh damn i cannot imagine giving birth 15 times oh. by the age of 41 in 1793 I, my, oh my she goodness. was a hearty hearty chick she was that uterus is made of iron that's what i thought Absolutely. i was like i mean i don't know if all of her kids live to adulthood. I very highly doubt but it. But the fact that she survived that many pregnancies. She survived that many pregnancies. That blows my mind. Damn. Anyway, so I remember the first time I ever Hats took a tour. to you, ma'am. Yes. The first time I ever took a tour of, um, of Colonial Park, someone took us to her grave first and was like, we like to remember her on Mother's Day. And so I've always thought of her. And I'm like, what was her name? She had like a ton of babies. And nice. I finally found her today. And I was like, yes, Miss Ann Gerard, more power to you. Bless um, your heart. But I'm going to close out with a um, really lovely epitaph that I saw today. Um, someone else um, had used this to close out a blog about Colonial Park. And I'm like, I'm going to steal it because it's great. 
Um, this is the epitaph of Mary Cowper. She was a wife and mother who lived in Savannah. She died on April 10th, 1821 at the age of 69. And her monument reads in part, Nature mourns, but faith rejoices. This perishable marble will but a little while endure to record her name or worth here. And those who read it and those who inscribe shall be moldered into dust. No. So like we're that. all going to die. Yeah. Right. Your stone <laughs> will be there for a little bit and then it'll go too. Yes, yeah. exactly. I like that. So, yeah, I really love Colonial Park Cemetery. It is open every day. There is no fee to... uh Oh, they're not capitalizing <laughs> no. the dead? Um, I remember taking a nighttime tour. That, well, it was a ghost tour that took you through there very briefly. This was in the late 90s. Um, I don't think they allow anyone in after dark now. I will say a couple things. I know that Enica and a lot of other paranormal investigators in Savannah say this is the city's most haunted place in general. Um, I've never experienced anything there, but I'm also usually just there in the daytime. So, you know, and I'm not always particularly looking. Um, and there's always a bunch of rumors that there have been like animal bones found in there. So there's some hoodoo going on, whatever. Wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. You are in the low country, but, um, who knows? I don't know. I didn't look into all of that because I was looking into more of the history stuff, but it's a beautiful cemetery and it's right in the middle of downtown Savannah. So, I mean, if you're already in Savannah, you might as well go take a walk through it, but then Absolutely. go see Bonaventure because Bonaventure is really pretty. Anyway, mm. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. This you is why when I had a love. coworker in Savannah, I was like, Sheena. Yeah, I got you. Where do I need mm-hmm. to send him? <laughs> well, speaking of historic cemeteries, we're, we're, we didn't mean to have a theme, you guys. We really didn't. We just occasionally we mind meld. It happens. Yeah. We've only been a friends lot, for actually. 20 fucking years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Sleepy Hollow Cemetery is the stuff of legends, quite literally. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The cemetery in Sleepy Hollow, New York, is adjacent to the churchyard of the old Dutch church that served as the setting for Washington Irving's classic tale and serves as his resting place. The old Dutch church was built in 1687, making it the longest house of worship in continuous use in the U.S., as well as a recreation of the Headless Horseman's Bridge from the classic creepy story. Buried there are icons of American life from Rockefellers, which I realized I spelled it phonetically and it looks very redneck the way I spelled (laughs) it. But you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, we do. A couple of asters. Andrew Carnegie and his wife, Walter Chrysler, in case you heard that name. Fancy. I just expected a headless horseman. Oh, no. God, no. (laughs) And there's even more, but like one of the heads of the Associated Press is buried there. Oh, Um, okay. A couple of the Hamilton kids. Right. The infamous Leona Helmsley and her husband. There you go. Labor leader Samuel Gompers, beauty revolutionary Elizabeth Arden, and Francis Farcellus Church, the editor at the New York Sun, who pinned the editorial, Yes, Virginia, There is a Santa Claus. Oh, I love that. Yes. Have their final rest here. And that's just to name a few. Guys, guys, there's a lot here. There's like 
the leader of the NRA, like the very first person who came up with the NRA is buried there. Um, yeah, I'm sure he was whatever. Um, Good intentions, maybe. Right, exactly. Roads to hell. We all know. Um, there's quite a few like um, just captains of industry and just all sorts of craziness all there. Tucked among these luminaries of culture, technology, and politics is the tragic story of Malcolm Webster Ford and his brother, Paul Leecaster Ford. The Fords, the Ford brothers were great-grandsons of Noah Webster. Yes, that Webster. Yeah. In the 1880s, Malcolm was a talented athlete, participating in what we now call decathlons, a combined event sport consisting of running, swimming, all sorts of track and field stuff. No me gusta, but props to you, Malcolm. In 1885 and 1886, he was the winner at the national championships of the long jump, the 100-yard, and the 200-yard dash, a triple that would not be accomplished again until Carl Lewis in 1983, almost a oh, hundred wow. years later. So he was a big deal. Yeah. Because he was from wealth in the 1880s were very different times. His family disinherited him when he refused to stop participating in athletics. <laughs> Somewhere the Manning family is having quite a giggle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Different times. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, being an athlete was some commoner bullshit. Like, what the oh, fuck yeah. are you doing? That's You're funny. disgusting. <laughs> Eventually, he settled down with an heiress and became involved in business. What business that was is lost to history. He had one child, also named Malcolm. <laughs> he also did a little bit of like sports journalism where covering track and field in a magazine called outing, which would be something very different today. <laughs> um, he unfortunately did. Is that okay? That's Ripley. I was like, oh, where's yeah. the biggest rat behind your head? Oh my God. <laughs> no, it's um, Kitty who is, has the zoomies. I was yes. like, I just saw the little tail. I was like, Oh my God, Lori. I was like, okay, no, it's Ripley. It's Ripley. We're good. Yes. <laughs> Um, he suffered a divorce, unfortunately, and oh, then no. um, he tried to publish his own magazines two different times and it, of course, failed. So things things were not going great for poor Malcolm. Meanwhile, his brother Paul would gain success as a biographer of the founding fathers, and he edited the papers of Thomas Jefferson. Hmm. So not bad, Paul. No. Yeah. Uh, Paul also would marry and had one child named Festa. <laughs> so that's, that's a great fun. name. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I was like, all right, cool. Festa <laughs> Ford. Let's do this. Oh, that's fun. I love it. In 1902, Malcolm was in the depths of some serious financial straits and asked his younger brother, Paul, for a loan. Paul declined. Uh -oh. We've all been there. And on May 8th, Malcolm rushed him in his library, shot him in the chest, and then turned the gun on himself. Oh, no. Yeah. Paul's made. I know. And this is like 1902 guns. <laughs> Paul's maid reported hearing low yelling before the first shot and walked in just in time to see Malcolm turn the gun on himself. Um, oh, no. According to the inquest, the 
their both their wounds were essentially like almost identical. They were both oh, shot man. in the heart. Jeez. Yeah. It's gnarly. Oh gosh. The same inquest determined that Malcolm was suffering from temporary insanity. So, I mean, you know, at that point, he's dead. His brother's dead. Like, why, you know, don't put the family through anymore. So, that's fine. The brothers, as well as a host of the rest of the Ford family, are commemorated by a literal giant boulder. And I'm not kidding. (laughs) It is a giant boulder that has, um, you know, when they do the carving where it's the name inside of, like, a banner, like, carve the banner on there. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a name for it. It's very pretty how they did it in the side of a giant boulder. Um, and each members of the family's information is on these like metal plates that they just like tacked into the other side of the boulder. It's it's interesting looking, I must say. Okay. So, but there's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Ooh. The bronze lady is another haunt of Sleepy Hollow. When General Samuel Thomas, who also made money in coal and railroads after the Civil War. And when I got to that part, I was like, okay, so like in Monopoly, he was the Monopoly guy. Um, died in 1903. His wife, Anne, had him interred in a really beautiful mausoleum in the cemetery. She then had a statue of herself commissioned in bronze to be placed facing the door of the mausoleum. She thought the first head was too depressing, so the sculptor did a second happier head the second (laughs) head passed Anne's muster but in a fit of artists being artists the legend goes that he smashed the second head and told her that he would never put it on the (laughs) oh my god like i don't understand the thought process behind this but you know what i'm gonna let the legend do what the legend's gonna do yeah you know and stay the depressing head did (laughs) And as things go, the local children have built a full haunting lore around it. Foolhardy children who knock on the doors in the mausoleum would be visited by a very displeased Anne in their dreams. Oh, I bet. So they have all kinds of different, um, if you pass her at a certain time and it looks like there's a particular look on her face, you're going to have bad luck. Um, the statue is very large, and the site of the mausoleum and the statue is kind of tucked off into the trees. It's very, very pretty. But you could, I could definitely see coming around a corner, not expecting that statue to be there, and like shitting <laughs> your pants and be like, "Holy <laughs> mother of Christ, what is this?" Beautiful, beautiful piece of art. And I don't think her face looks that depressing. I think maybe Anne was being a little persnickety. This area of New York is also home to a rash of UFO sightings or a flap in the UFO parlance (laughs) back in the 80s. So when you're in the Big Apple, head north and get a little spooky. Yes. (laughs) And if you are as interested in the Headless Horseman as I am, it was like my baby's first goth adventure. Ooh, me too. Yes. Right? Um, There is... And I got it for free at the time. I don't know if it's still free, but the fella from um, the Sleepy Hollow TV show, the cutie patootie little British man. Yes, they have have him reading um, The Headless Horseman. Yes, Tom. I don't know what his last name is, but yes. Yes, He was so hot. I loved that show, y'all. It was so good. I loved that show. It kind of went off the rails. When they killed the the main girl off. Yeah. Yeah. 
Abby. Abby. I have tea on that that I'll tell you all after the show. Okay, excellent. But then, like, one of my favorites was, like, you have the Headless Horseman using, like, military-grade automatic weapons. Oh, of course. Why not? He's from the 1700s. How the (laughs) hell does he know how to use an AK? Like, I am suspending disbelief, but I can only suspend it so far, kids. I, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Katrina from, like, the show, isn't she buried at Sleepy Hollow Cemetery? The Van Tassels, yeah, they might be because in the old Dutch churchyard, which is where she would be, um, where because even where Washington Irving is is not technically in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery. He's in the old Dutch churchyard, okay. and so the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery started about 1859, oh, whereas okay. the churchyard has been there, like I said, since like 1687. Right. So, so she would be in the yeah. old Dutch. And of course, yeah. it's important to remember of like um, this whole place is very Dutch, German mm-hmm. influence. That's basically who all was in that area. Right. So, yeah, um, she is most likely. Yeah, she would definitely be buried in the uh, old Dutch cemetery. Um, Googling pictures of the bronze lady. And I like how they put a mask on her during COVID. (laughs) Isn't that cute? (laughs) Good job for them. I love it. But yeah, I'm dying to go to that cemetery. It looks so I know. And I, because like I said, like Washington Irving is every goth baby's first. Absolutely. Intro. So. It really is. Do y'all remember, did y'all watch the cartoon version of Headless Horse? Yes. Oh, I was obsessed with it. That is a classic. Every I felt I, like every year that we covered that story in English class, we would watch the Headless uh-huh. Horseman. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because Ichabod Crane is just drawn so well. It's <laughs> so wonderful. Um, yeah. I I don't know what it is, but I love the imagery of like a headless horseman like throwing the pumpkin. Like I've seen a couple of like goth creators on Etsy and other places yeah. like make all kinds of stuff with that on it and it just I, it does something for me I don't yeah know i mean because i loved the movie version because i thought yeah. that was such a good christopher walken yeah it was cool it was fantastic it was and i love yes. tim burton being gothy is just i of course lovely yes he's, um, he's so nice and gothy but yeah it was yeah sleepy hollow mm-hmm. is just the great like everyone wants to visit salem and god knows i do too yeah but I want to visit Sleepy Hollow. I just want to go to every colonial cemetery. Up oh, yeah. It, yeah. Any historical cemetery. Like, like Sheena, I still really want to go to that one in Hernando that I mentioned. That's yeah, down the we road need to go. We Club. need to plan a date. It's, it's, it's a historic one. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, there's got to be some interesting people in there, there. I don't know about the people, but there's some really interesting graves. Well, I know there's um, mm-hmm. some. I mean, I'm sure the people were interesting, but... <laughs> One of my favorites was um, you see a lot of so-and-so, consort of so-and-so, which makes it sound like, you know, someone's, you know, sex worker friend. But no, it's just their wife. I don't know why Ah. it's their wife. (laughs) There are a ton of those. Yeah. A ton of those. Okay. I also see where someone did a national parks at night photography workshop, and there's a man on a horse. Yes. With a pumpkin. It's the most amazing picture I've ever seen. From Lance Kimig, 
Or we're going to have all this on our social media. Yes. yes. Whoever Lance is, this is the most amazing photo I've ever seen, and I have to have it. Okay. Um, so up next, we are going to talk about... Ripped um, from the headlines. Based. Ripped yes, from the headlines. Story. Kind of stories. Um, people who inspired books, movies, TV shows that you might have thought weren't real, or maybe you did know they were inspired by a true story, but you don't know the true story. Um so we're going to cover some of those stories next time. Also, mm-hmm. props to Sheena for wearing her strange cargo t-shirt. Yeah. For the fashionable. <laughs> yeah. They're a um, great yeah. Chicago business that if you're in town, you should definitely check out. You should. I bought so many good things from Strange Cargo in Chicago. And um, I think all the time about stuff we saw that I did not buy. And I wish I had. Um, oh, yeah. I still want that pumpkins poster. Go buy I know, it. Don't I know. hesitate. You'll regret it. I've done that I so know. many times. I'm also poor, so I would have to eat. <laughs> yeah. So <pretty> much. <laughs> that's kind of the bad thing about me right now is I don't have a lot of money. So it's like, well, I'll just have to, you know, if I buy myself a present, it's like, well, you'll eat it. groceries. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so where... Can they find us online, Luhu? Yes, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cemetery Row Pod, or you can send us an email to cemeteryrowpod at gmail.com. And please do that. Please leave yes, us a review. We love those. Um, we have not had one since I think January. What is yeah, up it's with been a minute. that? Come on, like, people. Come on, people. Tell us that you love us. Help us. Why are you holding your love from us? Help us with the algorithm. Yeah, that too. Um, But truly, thank you for tuning in. Um, We love you for listening. We do. And we can't wait to create more podcasts for you. So behave yourself out there. Fight the good fight. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.